Hey guys, Dr. Childs here. Um, today I wanted to do something a little bit different and go through some questions and comments uh, that I get um, on a daily basis on one of the one of my blog posts. And so this is primarily going to be about thyroid and weight loss, and I'm going to be answering. Uh, questions that were left on my blog um, on this particular post which is about levothyroxine and weight gain um, and it has some 600 uh, plus comments or so so there's plenty to go from here I'm just gonna start from the beginning and we'll kinda go from here and then I'll just sort of talk out what I would do now before I even get started it's it's really difficult for me to give um, concrete and specific advice obviously because I can't unless um, you know the person I'm talking to is a patient but I'm gonna speak in general terms here but most of the time these these questions are just a couple sentences so it's really hard to get an idea but at least I can sort of kinda of go from there so this let's just jump in the first question is from Teresa she says I take and here I am right here I take levothyroxine 133 uh, micrograms and LDN 3 milligrams I cannot lose weight no matter what I do my husband and I went on a plant-based diet uh, no dairy gluten sugar I like that. It's good. In January, he's lost 26 pounds. Mean nothing. I feel better. Just very discouraged because the weight does not uh, does not budge. Okay, so I would say I've already answered this here. Um, um, but anyway, I'm gonna. It's better to just kind of verbally go through this. So let's just let's just talk about this. Um, first of all, it sounds like uh, Teresa has some weight to lose. The amount of weight that she has to lose, she doesn't specify. Um, but that's actually very important. So there's a big difference between somebody who wants to lose, let's say, 50 pounds, and someone who who wants to lose, let's say, five. So the treatment's going to be very different. Um, those people who have more weight to lose often have more issues right because the more weight that's in your body the and the longer that you've had that weight on your body the more metabolic dysfunction that occurs and then you have a cascade of issues as opposed to just one or two which tends to follow with just five to ten pounds um, so right away you know that that's something that's uh, um, confounding this a little bit the next thing is she says she's on LDN um, I suspect that's probably for um, uh, Hashimoto's would be my guess, but she doesn't specify here, um, which is which is pretty decent. Um, and she says she can't lose weight. And she, her, and her husband went on a plant-based diet. He's lost a bunch of weight, and she hasn't. So, th so that's actually very common for men. Um, it, in my experience, it's so so easy to help men lose weight um, when compared to women. Um, so just put that out there. But don't ever compare yourselves to a man, especially if you guys do the same diet. You'll often find that they'll lose two to three times more than you, and often that amount of weight will come off in a matter of weeks to a couple months compared to you which may be you know less than half that rate and at a you know twice the length of time so that's pretty standard um, so the question is you know why can't she lose any more weight even though she's eating healthy so what we have to do is we have to kind of go back and and make some assumptions here she hasn't left any any um, of her blood work here so I can only guess that her current treatment I mean, she is being treated with LDM, which is good, but it sounds like she's just using T4-only medication. So there are a number of people out there who T4 medication just is not going to be sufficient, especially for weight loss. So her TSH might be normal, but her total T3, free T3, and reverse T3 uh, might be what's um, impeding this weight loss. So um, it, there's some studies that show that um, the amount of weight loss that people, especially those with thyroid disease, um, the amount that they can lose is, is at least... Uh, somewhat proportional to their total T3 and free T3 levels. So even if you have a normal TSH but a very low T total T3 or free T3, you're going to have a problem with weight loss. And so that may be what's going on here. Again, we don't know. Could be that she has some inflammation because again, she's on LDN. So that could be um, 
part of the issue for Hashimoto. So it might just be that she has significant inflammation, which is, you know, further, further, um, compromising her thyroid function in that way. And that needs to be addressed. It's hard to say, but generally if you are a thyroid patient, I can tell you from experience, at least if you're listening to this, most likely that diet alone is going to be insufficient to help you lose weight. If you're a man, that's a different story, but if you're a woman, then generally diet and exercise is not going to be sufficient. So for this patient, for Teresa, this is some two years later, right? This was left on April 4th, 2016. Uh, we did respond to her, so at least she got her response. But the, the next thing that you would want to do if you were Teresa or if you feel in, like you're in this situation, you need to go and get your lab test evaluated. You need to look specifically at total T3 and free T3. Now, generally, when I um, am helping someone lose weight, I want those two values to be in the top 80th percentile or so of the reference range. Um, and that is generally where you'll see the most weight loss. So that's Teresa. Um, that's her next step. I can't really say anything more until we get those labs and we kind of go from there. I don't even know if she'll even see this, but here we go. Next one is Sharon. Um, she says, hi, I've had thyroid problems for 23 years. My meds have never stayed balanced. Okay, that's pretty normal too. I put nearly four stone on in the last six years, and no matter what I do, I can't shift the weight off. I'm so low at this time and can't seem to get out of this dilemma. What can I ask my doctor to do for me? Thank you. Okay, so um, a similar story. So she's had thyroid problems for a long time. Um, she doesn't specify why. So that's important because if this was Hashimoto's and she had Hashimoto's for 23 years, we could probably assume that there's a fair amount of and significant amount of, um, irreversible damage to her thyroid gland. Um, so she might actually be, you know, cause remember this, this type Hashimoto's is a, a very common cause of hypothyroidism. And it does eventually lead, usually in most cases, lead to the destruction of the thyroid gland, which is in, um, when it gets to that point, is an irreversible event. So we don't know why, but but here we are. And then she's gained weight. But the good news is for her is that this weight has been um, slow and steady over the last six years. I mean, good for her. It's a, this is pretty fairly common as well. But what you'll find among thyroid patients is that they have a tendency to gain weight fairly rapidly. And so this sort of slow and steady weight gain over over a longer period of time, over the or over the course of years, um, is easier, in my opinion, to get off than a rapid amount of weight that's gained in a short period of time. Um, so that short period of time weight gain is usually um, is accompanied by multiple hormone imbalances, which can be tricky to treat. So I like the fact that she's she's gained four stones in six years, not the fact that she's gained weight, but I like the fact that it's been over this time period. Now, I don't know what a stone is. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure how much a stone is. Let's see. One stone, two pounds. Okay. So, that, oh, that's 14 pounds. Okay. Wow. So that's a lot more weight than I thought it was. Okay. So scratch that. I didn't realize what a pound was. I probably should have looked that up before. Um, but anyway, it is still somewhat, um, um, prolonged in terms of it's been over six years. Now I've, I've seen people that have gained 30, 40 pounds in let's just say a couple months. That's a bad sign, but over six years, that's a different story. The other thing is she doesn't give us her age, which is another important thing here. The reason I say that because, um, weight gain tends to occur, especially in women in this sort of way, um, as they get older and enter into the, to the menopausal period. So if she says to me, she's 56 or 57 or something like that, that's an indication to me that this weight is going to be harder um, to get off than normal simply because it's coming at a time where there's multiple hormone imbalances. So I'm what we kind of need to figure out for her is we kind of need to figure out um, how is her thyroid functioning and is that the predominant cause of, of, of her weight gain over this time period? Because it might not necessarily be so. She could be have, under a tremendous amount of stress over this last six years. Um, she could have Hashimoto's, like we said before, that's causing progressive um, damage to her 
her thyroid gland. And that might even be consistent with the story where she says, my meds have never stayed balanced. So when I hear that, I'm probably assuming that her doctor is treating her based off the TSH. And if they're doing that, and there's some thyroid, you know, native thyroid function, if she has Hashimoto's, then that TSH might bounce around quite a bit as you try and treat it. So if the thyroid can pump out a little extra thyroid hormone one or two days as the inflammation dips, then all of a sudden you're getting the static amount that you're taking with a with your medication. And then the amount that your thyroid produces is dynamic, meaning it can go up and down. And so all of a sudden now TSH will drop because um, her thyroid natively is producing more than it would normally. And boom, it looks like you're over medicated. Then what the doctor does is pulls off that medication. But guess what? One week later, your thyroid can't produce as much as it did the week before because of the inflammation, and then you're doing this roller coaster. You net, you want to avoid that roller coaster at all times. If there's any any confusion, all you need to do is simply recheck that TSH. So don't fall into this trap where you're constantly being, you know, you're constantly treating and chasing that TSH because you're going to have a bad time. Um, and I think it's harder for the body to constantly go through these ups and downs with temporary suppression of the HPA or HPT axis and so on um, as you do this. So you need to avoid that at all costs if you can. Um, and I would say in terms of weight for this patient, so if you fit this category, find out where you are in terms of your life and your hormones. You need to check more than just your thyroid. Um, I have a feeling that for Sharon here, um, she probably has multiple issues ranging from um, weight gain from menopause would be my, my guess here. Again, I don't have her age, but if she's been having issues for 23 years, it's pretty reasonable that she's probably in her 40s or 50s. Um, and then also checking thyroid function, going back up to what we said previously about putting, making sure that your T3 is in that top end of the reference range. Um, now, lastly, so what, so she's, you know, she's feeling pretty low. sounds like that's, you know, some depression at this time. And I, you know, I don't blame her. I think everyone would be in this situation, but her response is, what can I ask my doctor to do for me? That is a trick question, I think, because generally if your doctor hasn't helped you for 23 some years, what's the chance that they're suddenly going to have an epiphany and be like, oh, this is exactly what you need to, this is exactly what you need to be helped. So this sort of, um, I don't, I'm not blaming Sharon here. I think a lot of people fall into this trap, but generally if you have to ask yourself and you're seeking, you know, help for your doctor online, the chances of your doctor actually helping you is slim to none. So, um, Anyway, put that out there. It's probably better for you to find somebody who is more knowledgeable on this sort of subject. But anyway, we can dissect this just a couple sentences, so it's really hard to give us um, an exact uh, treatment or recommendation, but there you go, just some thoughts. All right, well, we got Cindy here. On to the next one. I've been on Synthroid, 75 mics for about seven years. I also take Meloxicam. Um, so Meloxicam is just an anti-inflammatory medication. She's lost 15 pounds in the last 10 years or so, but no matter how much she exercises or how much... Uh, diet control she uses. She just can't seem to lose weight. My doctor says my numbers are normal, but I still do not feel right. I have trouble sleeping. I'm tired all day. I have fuzzy thinking, major issues remembering things. Synthroid has improved things quite a bit, but still not right. I'm going to start doing temperature and pulse. So this is what I talked about in there. Um, so you, anyway, that's what she's referencing. You can read the article about it, but it's a way to assess if your medication is working. Do I need to find a specialist? It's definite that my regular doctor doesn't seem to see any problem with my thyroid health and doesn't seem to want to do want to even do the normal test regularly. Oh, okay. I see what she's saying there. Okay. So Cindy, let's see what we got going on here. So she's on T4 for about well, seven years. So fair amount of time. She's lost a little bit of weight over 10 years. So whether or not that's due to the thyroid medication, we're not sure but she's saying that she's exercising and she's using diet control. So that just kind of goes back to what I said previously. Remember if you have thyroid disease and you're a female, the chances of just diet um, 
you know, controlling your diet or changing your diet and even exercising a ton generally doesn't lead to a significant amount of weight loss. I've done it enough to, to, to know that. Um, and again, if you're listening to this, the chances are you've already tried that. And we know from studies that about 99% of all diets in the United States, which are based on calorie restriction, they fail. This is not controversial. This is just the data. So, you know, one time out of a hundred or even less, one, one person out of a hundred people, if they cut their calories back and exercise more, will 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 maintain the weight loss that they've achieved through that method. So obviously with a 99% failure rate, it's not a good it's not a good therapy. But anyway, just just to put that into perspective, uh, it sounds like weight's probably her main issue here. Okay, so she's got the problem where her doctor says her thyroid's are number or her, her numbers are normal. However, she's having trouble sleeping, she's having fuzzy-headed thinking and issue remembering things. Okay. So what do we have here? We have a classic case where someone is being told that they have um, they have normal thyroid function based off lab tests. However, they're experiencing and exhibiting the signs of hypothyroidism. And in this case, she's got, she doesn't feel right. So actually, I uh, I, I kind of like that because um, most people are intuitive and you have to respect that as a physician. If, if someone comes into you and they say to you, I don't feel normal, that's always a red flag for me because who better to make that statement than the person living in the body day in and day out. Okay. So right when I hear that right away, I know something is off. I don't know what it is, but something is off. Now, generally when you have this sort of ambiguous statement of, I just don't feel right, or I don't feel like I'm myself, to me, that screams some sort of hormone imbalance. Because generally, yes, that could be some sort of mental issue or, or whatever, but generally I think it's, it's related to their thyroid or, or not their thyroid, sorry, just hormones in general. But then she takes it a step further and she says, I'm having trouble sleeping, um, so there's some insomnia and fatigue. Now that's a different story because that could be from something like obstructive sleep apnea, um, keeping her awake, you know, maybe perhaps due to the her weight. We don't know what her exact weight is, but that's something to look at. This is this is where you just need a competent physician to look you over, right? And so, you know, people, they, you know, they probably tend to box me into this just treating the thyroid. And I would say in general that that's true, but you have to just be a good clinician anyway. So if you're having insomnia and you're fatigued all day, one thing that every doctor should look at is, is sleep apnea. And that could be related to her thyroid or it could be related to her weight, could be a completely different thing. But I've seen patients where the lack of sleep is causing weight gain. And in order to get the weight off, you have to improve the sleep. And in order to do that, you might need to treat the OSA or sleep apnea. So it's a vicious cycle one way or the other. But she takes a step further and says, I have fuzzy headed thinking. So that would be brain fog, brain fog remembering issues. Um, and then here's another really good sign. She says the Synthroid has improved things quite a bit, but I'm still not right. So right there, you automatically have, that's a really good sign because what it's telling me is that most of her symptoms were probably related to her thyroid. So when I have a, a list of symptoms, um, that someone presents with, I'm check, I'm going through my head, I'm making a mental checklist. Like, is this from the thyroid? Is this from the adrenals? Is this from, you know, her estrogen? Is this from, you know, what is this just from the fact that she's stressed and this is from the fact that she's fatigued or she can't sleep? I don't know, but you have to sort of tease that out and it can be very, very difficult. One of the best ways to tease all the, you know, the different uh, causes of their symptoms is just some trial and error with therapies. So if you give somebody thyroid medication and their fatigue reduces or improves, then you, you can pretty confidently say that that fatigue is thyroid related. It's not adrenal related or it's not, you know, X or Y or Z. So that's a really good sign. Um, now the bad sign is the fact that she is probably unlikely to get more medication because her doctor says that her numbers are normal. So what we have here is probably another classic case where the thyroid lab tests don't fit the patient. You can't box every patient into the generic lab test and probably she's referring to the TSH. So in this setting, 
again, it's kind of going back to the first one that we talked about. What needs to happen is she needs to get that com more complete thyroid panel, looking at specifically at total T3, free T3, and reverse T3. Okay, um, she can do the temperature and pulse journal. I think that's reasonable. Uh, do I need to find a specialist? Okay, here's that's a whole other topic, but essentially this is sort of the the mode that that patients have been conditioned to think in. They think, well, my problem is not being solved by my primary care or my GP or whatever, you know, whoever you use as your first line of care for um, your physician. And so they think, well, I must need a specialist. Now, here's the thing that you probably don't realize, and you're probably not even going to trust me as I say this. However, once you go and do this, you're going to understand that I am right. And that is, there's no difference really in terms of how a specialist will treat you versus how your GP will treat you, at least as it relates to thyroid function. They are all going to treat you the exact same way because they're all taught the exact same things. And I was taught this stuff too. It, they, they, it, for thyroid, it's such, from their perspective, it's the most simple algorithm you could possibly imagine. If someone comes in, you check TSH. If TSH is high, you give them Synthroid. You recheck TSH. And if TSH is low, you, um, reduce the dose and if it's not if it's not in that you know the range that they specify then you increase the dose that is it there's no more complexity to the way that they treat thyroid function than what i just explained right now anyone could do it you don't need to go to medical school you don't need to go to a special specialist to know that's how they're going to treat it so the problem then becomes how do you find someone that can actually help um, i have other resources I've, I've i have a video on some other things about that but anyway the, the, the answer is not necessarily a specialist at least not in the an endocrinologist specialist that you're thinking of it's probably someone who focuses more on thyroid function now you would assume that an endocrinologist would be that person unfortunately that isn't always the case so that's a difficult thing um uh yeah okay that, i think that's pretty good all right let's do one more here nikki Hi, I've been taking level thyroxine 200 micrograms for over three years. I'm not on a diet, but eat healthily and try to keep calorie intake to 1500 per day. That's kind of a red flag to me. I'll explain why in just a second. Um, I eat quite clean foods, always use fresh produce, making my own sauces, don't fry foods, etc. I'm fairly active and do body combat minimum twice a week. I'm not sure what body combat is, but it sounds like high intensity type stuff. As soon as I miss a week of exercise, I notice weight gain. Okay, so that's probably going back up to what is going on here, this 1500 per day. Weight is slowly, in my my opinion, bloody hard to shift. Um, I'm 36 years old. Okay. Okay, so let's let's start and let's kind of talk about this sort of cycle that I think is probably occurring in her, and it occurs in a lot of people. Um, we could talk about this for a long time, but I'll, I'll just abbreviate it because I don't want this to be too long. But essentially what happens is this. Um, most people assume, going back up to that 99% failure rate I talked about previously when you diet and reduce your calories, she's in this line of thinking. And it's so, 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 so hard to get people out of this line of thinking because it's been ingrained into them for decades, I'm sure, at this point for some people. Well, she's only 36, but it could be 10 plus years or at least I would imagine. But anyway, what people think is if they cut their calories, that they're going to be able to lose weight. Um, the problem is, like I said, 99% failure rate. What actually happens when you cut your calories is that you drop your, you damage your basal metabolic rate, which is your metabolism, which is the single most important factor for um, weight loss and maintaining weight long term. Um, so she's dropping her calories, she drops her calories, the basal metabolic rate drops to match it. And then what happens is nobody can sustain this 1500, mil 1500 calories per day or 1200 or 1000 or whatever you're at. And guess what happens? Um, she either misses a week of exercise or she eats differently and then she gains a bunch of weight back. Well, yes, that's always going to happen and it has to do with what's happening to your metabolism. 
you have to break this cycle. Um, and the way to break this cycle is you're going to, this is what nobody wants to hear, but you're going to have to increase your calories back up to a normal amount, the amount that your body wants to eat. You're going to gain a little bit of weight, but you're going to heal your metabolism in the process and allow yourself to gain weight in the long term. So you have to shed that sort of short-sighted thinking and think long-term when you're in this sort of situation. Now, I know that's so hard. Believe me, I know that's so hard because I've had patients do this, but you, you kind of need to sacrifice five to 10 pounds of weight gain in the immediate term for 20 or 30 pounds of weight loss in the long term. Okay. So this is how you have to think about it. Um, and the problem is so many patients with thyroid dysfunction fit into this sort of this cycle in this category. The reason they do this is because they have a hard time losing weight to begin with. And so what they, what they assume is that, well, the answer is to eat less and exercise more. The problem is that only causes more issues long-term, damages their metabolism and causes persistent weight gain for decades. And then you end up sort of like some of these other patients. So she's 36, but imagine her when she's 46 and 56. Do you think this is going to get any better? No, it's only going to get worse. In fact, she'll probably just continue to gain weight for this for the next 20 years. And what's the alternative? Her only option is to eat 1,500 calories every day for the rest of her life. Otherwise, she'll gain weight. Well, that's not a very good existence. So you have to you have to fix this. You have to break it. So again, like I said, whole nother whole nother topic on how to treat this specific problem. This has more to do with uh, metabolism than it does thyroid function. However, thyroid function does play a role because it's responsible for let's say about 60% of your metabolism and about your metabolism responsible for about 60% of maintaining your current weight. So it's not, you know, those numbers aren't exact, but they're, you know, they're fairly accurate. So thyroid does play an important role in this. So you would go back and you'd look at T3. Most people who fit in this category do need some T3. And you can almost always tell because once you have calorie restriction, that total T3, that free T3 will drop and that reverse T3 will usually go up. So her next step is to break this cycle, get a full lab test, check those, check all the thyroid lab tests we talked about and stop it before she gets 46 because if she gets to 46 and then into 56 and through menopause, that weight is just going to keep packing on as she goes. Okay. So that's pretty much it. I was hoping to keep this a little bit short, but it went a little longer than I thought it would. Um, um, but anyway, I hope this was helpful for you guys. I'd like to, it's easier for me to answer these sort of questions um, verbally as opposed to in text on my website. So um, what I'd like to do is, if you guys find this interesting, is to have you guys leave comments, um, comments kind of like this, not insanely long ones because it's, it's very difficult to break those apart. Um, but what I think this will be really helpful because from my perspective, there's a lot of repeating questions and there's a lot of repeating concepts, but no two people are going to be exactly the same. So but if I can answer a general concept or if I can answer general questions about people, you might be able to grab bits and pieces from whatever I say and apply it to you. And that will help you significantly. So that's what I'd like to do. So if you have any questions and this was enjoyable or if you, whatever, you know, please let me know. If you don't like it, let me know too. That's fine. I'm, I'm doing this to try and help you guys. So you tell me what, what you want to hear and then we can kind of go from there. But um, please leave questions that you have on my blog. I guess you can probably do it on YouTube as well. Um, I don't think there's any other place to leave questions. Don't email them to me because um, the, the email, I don't check the email all the time, so I won't see them, but put them in a place where then I can come back to and answer them. And I think that'll be the best thing. So anyways, I hope you guys found this helpful. Um, you can go to this page if you want. Um, this is the blog, uh, level thyroxine um, may cause weight gain in some people. That's, that's what it's about. So you can go here and you can read the comments and some of the answers if you find this helpful. Otherwise, let me know what you guys thought and I will chat with you guys um, on the next video.